Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Two pieces of business to handle before I dive into my thoughts on Victor Wembenyama. And for those of you who may be struggling to say the last name of the number one pick of the 2023 NBA draft by the San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wimbenyama. Here's the trick that I am using because I have struggled with it. Don't try to go by the spelling, which is W-E-M-B-A-N-Y-A-M-A. Because that led me to trying to say Wembenyama, which is a little tricky. It's a lot easier to say Wembenyama. At least for me. Maybe you didn't have that problem. Maybe I'm offering you a gift that you did not need. In any case, Wembenyama. I'm getting better all the time. Uh, Before I get to the breakdown of him in the summer league and how the Spurs are expected to handle him and what it all means, uh, the, the first piece of business I want to deal with is a comment I made in the last episode that went viral thanks to NBA Central posting it on Twitter. Not mentioning the podcast, not mentioning where they got it from, just a report by me, which, as you guys know, I'm having a conversation with you here on my podcast, and I try to provide you with whatever information comes along. I think I've said it before. I don't consider this reporting per se as much as sharing the things that I'm hearing. Uh, a conversation that we might have at the bar or over dinner. Not necessarily something that I would write and put on foxsports.com. In any case, I talked about having heard that Zion Williamson, the New Orleans Pelicans' oft-injured power forward, has shown no interest in developing a floor game, one that doesn't rely on his athleticism to score. Now, 
Does that mean he never practices the kind of shots that I was talking about, the uh, pull-up jumpers, floaters, etc.? No. Those are part of a natural part of, of any warm-up. But when I talk about developing them, it's really focusing in and honing those shots so that he is comfortable using them in a game. Working with coaches and having a plan. How are we going to develop this? How am I going to add this piece to my arsenal where I can go to it and it can be a mainstay of my game? I've been told he hasn't taken that approach. And that wasn't the focus, as you guys know, uh, anybody who listened to the to the episode. My, my focus was on Giannis Antetokounmpo and his need to develop a ground game now that he's had his first knee surgery. And yes, Giannis does work on those shots, but he hasn't gotten to a point where he can rely on them. What bothers me is that it was made out to be a standalone piece of information that about Zion, when in fact it was part of a bigger subject. And it came off to a lot of people on social media as me attacking Zion out of the blue. And that wasn't my intention. I didn't mean it as an attack as much as a word of caution. And I do stand by what I was told. I was, <laughs> I was told by someone who would know. And I, there's no way for me to reveal or even hint at their identity without giving them away. So you're going to have to be satisfied with that. And it's why I would talk about it here on the podcast, but I wouldn't necessarily report it. The second piece of business actually involves Wembenyama in an ancillary way and is, now that I think about it, connected to my Zion comment going viral. And that's the report and subsequent video of Britney Spears, the pop singer, coming up behind Victor and trying to get his attention as he walked through a crowded Las Vegas hotel lobby. By all accounts, she came up behind Wembenyama, and there is video of this, and reached out to tap him on the back or get his attention, and a security guard reached out to block her arm and inadvertently hit her in the face doing so. Wembenyama didn't even know she was there. And the security guard wasn't looking at her either based on the videos that I've seen. But the entire reaction to this incident is insane. I'm still stunned. This is probably the biggest, stunning, most uh, surprising element of this is that a star like Spears approached Victor like a casual and overly exuberant fan. Just come kind of running up behind him and trying to tap him on the back while he is surrounded by security and other people walking along in the crowd. Maybe she thought if she got his attention, he would recognize her. But as a celebrity who has surely been mobbed in a public place before and had her security running interference, she has to know how hectic such situations are. And that what she was trying to do had the potential to be misinterpreted or simply inspire a defensive reaction. And this might be the craziest self-delusional part of it all. Brittany put out a video on social media explaining what happened. And in it, she says that Wembenyama's camp 
did come and apologize to her for the incident. 30 minutes later, she emphasizes, as if it shouldn't have taken that long. But that she's still waiting for a public apology. Good bleeping Lord. Grandstanding and self-absorption at its finest. It's, it's LeBron-level self-absorption. And yeah, I, I couldn't resist going there after hearing LeBron's speech at the ESPYs. I'll have more on that in another episode. Back to Brittany. I would think a personal apology would mean a hell of a lot more than a public one, which could be interpreted as merely for show or public image protection. Insincere. All of this, all of this bothers me because this is Wemenyama's introduction to American culture, our culture. Brittany's self-righteousness and entitlement could be taken as, as a reflection of our society, and maybe it should be. But considering her popularity and Wemby's relative unfamiliarity with her, he may think we're all like this. He's 19 years old. This is a whole new cultural experience for him, and he's trying to navigate seemingly as best as he can. And I'm particularly sensitive to what he must be going through and the impressions that are left by us as Americans because I experienced it firsthand being around Yao Ming uh, to write a book about his experiencing this same change in cultures, this same introduction at a very high visible level in the NBA to our culture. Victor, like Yao, appears to be a good dude who just wants to make good on the honor of being a teenage Frenchman selected as the number one pick and projected to be the next big thing in the NBA. His focus appears to be in the right place, which is not on meeting Britney Spears, as an example. And these are the kind of incidents, though, that can sour an athlete on the attention they receive and prompt them to be more guarded and inaccessible. And that's not good for me as someone in the media who wants to tell their story, or you as a fan who wants to be able to engage in some way or see them in candid situations. And it doesn't have to be that way. The good thing is that San Antonio is the kind of market and the Spurs are the kind of organization that will provide a shield for him better than a lot of other towns and teams. Maybe too much. You could make that case. And we're already seeing signs of that. How it goes is going to depend a lot on his personality. Tim Duncan was perfectly fine with it. Manu Ginobili was a little more gregarious and available. Tony Parker, same. So I would expect that we'll get enough of Victor, and hopefully he is not soured on the fame and fortune or what comes along with it. Okay, so for those of you who catch me on The Herd with Colin Cowherd, either via FS1 or YouTube, <clears throat> you already know how I feel about what I saw from Victor in his two-game stint in the Las Vegas Summer League. I'm all in as a player. And that's not where I was going into the weekend, I assure you. No right-minded person who hadn't scouted him extensively could be. Even those who had probably 
been smart enough not to jump out there and say he's going to be the NBA's next generational player. That's just a ridiculously high bar to set for someone coming from a foreign country at age 19. I, I heard it and I was immediately skeptical. We didn't set the bar that high for Luka Doncic and he had already done far more overseas than Wembenyama has. And I'm not going to jump out there and say he's going to be the, le- the league's next generational player. There's so much that goes into that. There's a certain amount of luck, certain amount of how well the San Antonio Spurs do at building a team around him, uh, all kinds of things. But holy cow, is he good. And I am tantalized by the idea of what he is ultimately going to be. Because I have a feeling he's going to be something truly unique. We've beaten the word unicorn to death by applying it randomly to anyone who shows any whiff of being slightly different. We've done the same thing with GOAT, greatest of all time. Now we just apply it to everyone and everything or the phrase, oh, he's different. We just, everybody wants to use it and it loses its significance. I would say that Wemby is a unicorn. And a unicorn, for those who have never had a daughter, is a freaking mythical creature with a magical aura. It is a bunch of familiar elements. You got the horse's body, the rhino's horn, the goat's hooves and beard, uh, the lion's tail, uh, the birds or angel's wings combined. And we've never seen that combination before and will not see it again. It also poops jelly beans, according to my daughter. And I don't remember what other properties or special qualities she said it had, but they were singular, one of one. No one ever talks about unicorns, plural. My daughter didn't imagine seeing a herd of unicorns. She just wanted to see one and she believed it existed. She just didn't have proof. Well, Victor Wembanyama is proof that you can have a seven foot five, I don't even call him a center, basketball player with the skills of Curly O'Neal. Actually, it is Curly Neal. I've made that mistake plenty of time. Maybe you have too. The, the Harlem Globetrotters point guard. Government name, Fred Neal. True story. I looked it up. In any case, Victor Wembanyama, Nikola Jokic, I would say, has proved to be a unicorn of sorts. The combination of his out-of-the-ordinary body for an MVP-caliber NBA center, his passing skills, his personality, his demeanor, it's kind of as, as if we watched a unicorn be born in Jokic. And that's what I felt I was watching this weekend with Victor. The embryo of a unicorn. He's... Seven foot five, as I said, about 225 pounds. He's put on some 14, 15 pounds since uh, his draft measurements. And I, I saw him grab a rebound and instantly flush it while barely leaving the floor. I saw him catch the ball, see a flashing teammate, and immediately slide the pass to him for an easy layup. I saw him anticipate a, a teammate having a lap 
layup and pass it and get charged with the turnover because the teammate stopped running inexplicably. He saw guys open that didn't even know they were open. He went down on the floor at one point for a loose ball and immediately started dribbling it like Curly Neal, inches off the floor while he was getting up in uh, using his 20, 20 and a half sized feet to do so. Now, there's been a lot of concern about how skinny Wembenyama is and predictions or concerns that unless he gets a lot stronger, he is sure to break down physically. I'm not in that camp. He's apparently already added weight, but he has a willowiness and flexibility along with a wiry strength that I believe makes him a lot less vulnerable than, say, Chet Holmgren, the super skinny kid uh, with Oklahoma City who missed all of last season after injuring his foot before the season even started. The difference, as I see it, is that Wembenyama already has been playing against men over in France, and surely he has already dealt with being played physically on a regular basis. Glenn Big Baby Davis made a comment about doesn't know how he would deal with his length, but that he wouldn't be able to handle his physicality. Yeah, don't flatter yourself. Um, it's it's. I'm sure he faced a level of physicality that Holmgren never did, other than maybe occasionally playing for Gonzaga as a freshman before entering the draft. Gonzaga plays in the West Coast Conference, which is a rather weak league as far as collegiate hoops. And I watched a number of Holmgren's collegiate games, and I never saw anyone even capable of knocking him around the way NBA talent, even NBA Summer League talent, is capable of. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The wild part, for those who may have forgotten, is that Holmgren got through playing in both the Salt Lake and Las Vegas Summer Leagues and injured his foot in a pro-am in Seattle while apparently guarding LeBron James. Now, I wasn't at the game, but I was at all of his Summer League games, and Holmgren didn't display the same agility last summer that Wembenyama did last weekend. The Spurs, for their part, have taken the precautionary measure of ruling Victor out for the rest of Summer League, though I'm sure he's been participating in team practices for the duration. For those who don't know, like guys come in, teams have full-on workouts at various gyms around Las Vegas or in the practice gym, which is underneath the Cox Pavilion, where the the summer league games are played, um, and I'm I'm actually disappointed by the Spurs' decision to shut him down completely. I believe the only way to get conditioned for the rigors of playing an NBA schedule and dealing with the nightly pounding is to play to figure out how to adapt his game to opponents trying to muscle him. And yes, I know this is me 
telling the San Antonio Spurs how to handle their business. I'm telling the entire NBA this, and I'm doing it because there are veteran players and coaches who told me that there should be a change in the approach, that we need to get back to scrimmaging more, practicing more, playing more, that guys are breaking down physically because it's all skill work and drills and not up and down. And I've talked about this before in previous episodes about the sports medicine people in uh, organizations having a bigger and bigger say. Uh, and But the, in my view, it hasn't changed the ability to protect players from, from getting injured. If anything, it's gone the other way. So we'll get back to that again uh, when more information is available. But obviously it pertains to Victor because of his physical build and how the Spurs are expected to utilize him. I, I, bottom line is I believe we've seen the pro- proliferation of injuries in the NBA to young stars who are asked to be centerpieces to their team's play. And no, I don't expect that the Spurs will play in the kind of minutes, Victor that is, the, that the Orlando Magic gave last year's number one pick and rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro. And I'll be interested to see the reaction if Victor loses the rookie of the year race to, say, Scoot Henderson in Portland or... And then uh, Thompson in Detroit, simply because they're given a greener light and they put up more impressive stats as a result. I've been told to expect that the Spurs are going to load manage Victor. We've already seen that. And not play him in back-to-back games. I've heard of no such plans for any of the other rookies. And I suspect that if the Blazers move Damian Lillard, that there will be motivation to show the Portland fan base that they drafted his successor in Scoot and demonstrate that he's up for that as quickly as possible. I also suspect that one of the reasons that the Spurs gave Coach Greg Popovich a hefty five-year, $80 million extension was to show that he is in charge and that the organization is fully on board with however he decides to bring Wembenyama along. It is, I should note, completely out of character for the Spurs to allow specifics on contracts to get out in the public, to basically promote what they've given somebody as a contract. We've never heard the particulars about player contracts before from them or Pop's contract. I'm told that his previous ones had a stipulation that he had to be among the top three paid head coaches in the league. I'd never heard that before but I believe it. So it means that every time the going rate for head coaches reached a new high, every time new coaches signed bigger contracts, Pop got an immediate commensurate bump in his salary. And maybe that's what drove this contract, seeing what Monty Williams got from the Detroit Pistons and Quinn Snyder got from the Atlanta Hawks. But still, the actual numbers have never gotten out. And the only people who would have that kind of info or Pop and the Spurs. I don't believe coaches' salaries are shared with all the teams in the leagues. league. The, the player contracts are at one point. Once they are officially approved by the league, then that information, exactly what the terms of their contracts are, is distributed to all the other teams. 
in case they want to make a trade or whatever. Um, so this is different. And I've certainly never known Pop to be a self-promoter. So the Spurs are geared up. We may only get it in doses, but I can't wait to find out exactly what they do with Wembenyama and and what he becomes. And I don't know that it's going to happen quickly. I don't think his timeline is going to be as long as Jokic's, but it could be. He'll be good right off the bat. Expectations are that, I mean, the comparisons I'm hearing is, no, he's not quite Kevin Durant yet. He's more like Anthony Davis, <laughs> which is still a pretty high bar. And they're putting that, they're talking about offense. And defensively, they think that he's going to be, that's going to be his hallmark coming in. So it is going to be fascinating. And we are all going to have a front row seat for it. All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out my latest piece on foxsports.com, which is about how scouts, GMs, and executives expect the Spurs to handle Wembenyama. I've mentioned a few of the items that I picked up uh, from the P and put in the piece in this podcast but not all of them. There's some information there that I didn't mention here. In the next episode, I think I'm going to have to dive into the decision the Warriors made to move Jordan Poole and extend Draymond Green's contract. I've heard from too many fans who think it was a mistake, that Draymond is the one who should have gone. And I've also heard my suggestion that I made on TV that the Blazers didn't really try to keep Damian or haven't really tried to keep Damien, and do intend to move him. Because, one, they didn't make a run at Draymond Green. And I've heard from some fans that that would have been crazy by the Blazers to trade the number th- number three pick or make a deal uh, trading Scoot and Anthony Simons or whoever uh, in order to get Draymond, that that wouldn't make them a championship team. Missed my point entirely. So I'm going to restate it and go a little bit deeper here where I have a little more room to operate than in front of a camera. All of that will be in the next episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.